Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans. Hey, and music fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with the Tim May Podcast. And, man, I've got a co-pilot of co-pilots today, ladies and gentlemen. I've been wanting to have him on for quite a while now. And, uh, Finally worked worked his way into his busy schedule. That didn't come out right, Evan Blake and Chip. But I think people know what I mean by now who listen to this podcast on a uh, on a yeah. continual basis. They they can translate my words. But uh, Evan Blake and Chip, welcome to the Tim May podcast. Is my co-pilot. Tim, thank you very much, buddy. I appreciate you having me on here. I'm, I'm excited to uh, finally be able to get to do this with you. This is where you need to strum like an E chord or something, man. Just kind of all my guitars are in the garage right now, just like getting soaking, uh, soaking in their sweat right now. So it's, uh, yeah, with all, all the heat back in there. So I know, I know I should have had something a little bit, uh, I should have been more prepared. I should. Yeah. You could bend some strings for everybody, but, uh, but you know, let's just jump right into it, man. I wanted to have you on because I do want to talk about you and your career, which is like, you've been going on for a while now, building a major following around the state of Ohio, et cetera. I mean, you know, uh, Jake Ballard, you know, the guy I play golf with a lot. Uh, we call him Bam Bam when, when he's on our golf team because you know why that. I know you've played golf with him before, but uh, but the bottom line is he swears by me. He thinks he thinks you're big time talent. You know, uh, if you don't, I don't know if you remember this or not, but uh, uh, your last year at Ohio State, I actually did a story on you in like December between the end of the regular season and the bowl game about you know because I didn't know what was going on with you. I knew you played guitar and. You know, some of your buddies said you sang in the shower, but I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> but, uh, and then boom, you're gone. I mean, y'all don't think you played that bowl game. You're already pursuing your dream. But, uh, but the bottom line is you've been, you've been, you've had a song in your, in your heart for what your whole, your whole life. How would you explain it to people? Damn near. I mean, yeah. So, uh, I think, yeah, I remember, dude, I remember that story like it was yesterday. Okay. Really? I remember still sitting in my, in my uh, room when you brought the, uh, I can't remember the photographer's name, bring the photographer out. Yeah. I got all that stuff. So um, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a minute, but I've always, uh, I've always kind of knew I could sing uh, and I didn't pick up the guitar until later in college, but my mom always had music playing around in the kitchen and it was always like Frank Sinatra. And we were like, really big into like boys to men and she like we we played so much music in the house country pop r&b um like that that's just the stuff that i grew up on so i i was a huge luther vandross fan and boys to men and then usher um so it started kind of like on the r&b side of things and then um yeah once i started getting into high school kind of switch over to country music and then come college that's when i pretty much picked up a guitar and uh started playing so i always like I said, I always felt like the best thing that I was able to do in life was like sing. All right. So, um, and now it's cool to kind of, you know, be doing that almost for a living. We're trying to get to the point where I am doing it for a living, but, um, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a pretty cool ride so far. Well, do, do me a favor, man. Keep your, keep the trailer with all your amps and everything locked up in a, uh, in a, in a part-time storage spot. Don't let people run off with your dream. You know, you understand what I'm saying? 
Uh, absolutely not. That stuff is, uh, we keep that stuff very close to us, all the uh, all the band guys. So we, we make sure that stuff is locked up and uh, making sure nobody's getting in or out, in or out of there. Matter of fact, I've still got some. Uh, I've still got some floor ramps and stuff in our basement here. My 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 sons had a had a band way back when and stuff. I've been trying to get them to come over and get their stuff. We had one of my my son's drum kit down in our in our basement forever. He can play drums extremely well, but you know, as you well know in the music business, you can be the most talented guy out there. You still have to get discovered, right? I mean, and and then you get build up this following. And what what has impressed me about you uh, is the fact that you. You're keeping your nose to the grindstone. I had a brother that was much like you. I mean, very talented, could sing extremely well, never got that huge break, you know, but, you know, they traveled all over Texas, played gigs, actually all over the country and stuff. And, and yeah. it, you, know, you know, you just wish you could explain it to people while you're, while you're building your following of like really how tough it is, but really what a great time you're having, right? I mean, all at the same time, right? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a, a line there. I mean, and we do look at it like kind of like as a business, right? Um, you know, we want to we want to go out there. We want to put on a good show for people. We want people to follow us back because we want more and more people to, to come to our shows each and every time, you know, we go out there and play. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, we, yeah, we look at it, at it as a business to what shows make good sense for us and what venues make good sense and you know how many people can fit into a specific venue you know it's we're kind of like getting to the point where people were like just this past sunday we had a show at one o'clock and i we were being told that people were showing up at like eight o'clock in the morning for a one o'clock show and it's just like do we really want to start doing that to people so uh i mean it is cool to see like the progression and how how big our following is getting around ohio and around columbus and stuff yeah so we're extremely thankful for that, but, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen, like what we'll need to be doing in the next, you know, year, two years, three years. Like you said, if we do catch that big break or that, that one song that takes us to another, another level, you know, I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, but it's been, uh, yeah, it's been pretty cool so far. I hope you've got somebody, you know, uh, in, in the area, you know, close to your group that's like getting a lot of video and things like that. So when y'all do make it big, like that Elvis movie came out, you know, yeah. but you look at all these retrospectives on Elvis that have popped up ever since that happened. And you go, man, there was Elvis when he was 19 playing in East Houston, you know, and uh, there were, you know, he was on the stage with a pickup band that happened to be there. And uh, those are just cool things to watch, you know, to, when, in retrospect. That's the great thing about social media, I guess, yeah. in the day and age is that like people tag us and all that stuff on Facebook. So, um, you know, we get to go back and see or that like Facebook will pop, uh, pop up like Facebook memories from like a year or two ago. And we can kind of see what shows we were playing last year, um, especially like it's cool, like with the Fourth of July week and stuff, because we usually always do stuff on the holidays, uh, Labor Day, Fourth of July, Memorial Day, all that stuff. So it's kind of yeah. cool to reminisce a little bit about what we've done in years past and kind of see the progression to where we're at right now. It's funny the way you described your following too. It reminded me of the movie Hoosiers. You know, I remember when they got hot and they got they got when they were on the road. There was the bus, and then yeah. all these people from town following the bus. Yeah. I got I got an idea. That's what y'all look like on the road, isn't that right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where at that point yet, but that would be yeah, pretty pretty nice. Yeah, it's, uh, people start chasing us down in uh, in our trucks and tour bus. So that'd be yeah. pretty cool. Or like yeah. in the or in the slap shot, remember that? <laughs> Were there anyway? That's a that's a movie from a long time ago. You probably haven't even seen though. That was filmed in your neck of the woods over there in Pennsylvania, New York. But but uh, of course I digress. Hey Evan, real quick before we move on, uh, I mean move in deeper into your, your career, which I want to get into. Uh, 
dude, can you think, I mean, just think if name, image, and likeness had been around back when you were in school there in the mid-2000s, you could have been playing gigs on the weekend, especially during the spring and summer, right? I mean, when when Coach Tressel or somebody didn't have you guys running some kind of workout routine or something, but yeah. And I, th- and I think that was something that we talked about in like that interview way back when, yeah. um, you know, co- back then our compliance department came up to me and this was like, this was 2010 ish. Um, I think when you, you could start first start making money off of YouTube and um, I was, I had a couple hundred thousand views on some of my videos at that point. And they're like, Hey, listen, you're not able to, you know, say you're Evan Blankenship with Ohio State, you're not allowed to have any kind of Ohio State stuff on. I couldn't go out and play at bars and promote myself as Evan Blankenship or anything like that, because that was, of course, a NCAA violation at that point. So look, like thinking back now, it's just like, I'm, I'm happy for the guys that are there now. I think that, you know, at least they're, at least they have the opportunity to get something in return. And it isn't this like huge deal anymore at this point, but it's just, it is funny looking back. It's like, Damn, I could have uh, I could have started a lot earlier had I, if I want if I wanted to. All right, do you have all your gold pants? Uh, they're at my mom's house back home. Yeah. All so, of them. <laughs> yeah, I, have, I have everything. I've got the I keep the rings with me. Um, I think my mom has. Uh, I gave my mom two pair and my sister two pair, so they have yeah. the, uh, the gold pants at their place, and I've I've got all the uh, Big Ten rings at my place. All right, we're still gonna do a body check for tattoos in a minute, just to make sure you didn't <laughs> trade any of those in. I think you knew where I was going with that, but you were trying to low key it because you know you've always done things the right way. Uh, but it is crazy, you know. Yeah, but it is crazy. I mean, you could have been—you were already building a following back then, but you couldn't take advantage of it. And I would think the more you look back on it, the stupider that looks, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. They're like, I look now, and kids have like YouTube channels, and they're making all kinds of money both on YouTube and like with the name, image, and likeness stuff, and. You're seeing guys now getting like hundreds yeah. of thousands of dollars or even millions of dollars of and like name name image and likeness stuff and you know back then i couldn't you know accept any tips from anybody just from like standing on a corner playing guitar if i wanted to yeah. so like we've come we've come a long way i'm glad i'm glad we're at to, at this point where guys can do that and yeah i mean i was never one to you know break the rules or like step out of bounds or try to you know press my luck with anything so um, I just try to do things the right way. I mean, that was something Tress always instilled in us is, you know, yeah. do the yeah. right thing. And then, um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm happy for those guys though. Now, that yeah. They can. But in other words, a guy could have walked up to you with a pack of, uh, of, uh, guitar strings or replacement pack of guitar strings and you would have had to pay him for them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, sit out. Two yeah, or, or sit games. out. Whatever the suspension would have been for accepting a pack of guitar strings. Sit out the yeah. sit out the Purdue game. You know. <laughs> hey, by the way, hang on a second. I've got a call. I've got a uh, I've got a question from a listener here. Hang on one second. Let me find it. Uh, it's a guy that uh, uh, you've known real well. Anyway, he doesn't want to identify himself, uh, but he wants to know. He goes. He goes. Ask Evan about his basement bedroom and beer pong bedroom situation at our college house. Do you remember anything about those kind of things? Those hijinks while you were in college uh, playing football at, at uh, you said Ohio State a while ago, but you know it's the Ohio State now. You should have you should have marketed that when you could have back in the 2000s, but go ahead. I know, exactly. Okay, so, well, I don't know uh, who's sending this, but I had two basements. I lived in the basement of both houses. Right. Uh, 
the first the first house flooded like every other weekend so i would be like i'd be asleep and then i'd wake up if it would rain then i'd wake up and then like i'd step like one foot out of bed and then there would be like water up to my shin so i'd be like oh this is awesome so uh yeah i lived in i lived in that basement for a hot minute for real we quick what what part of around campus or was it near campus where was it it was uh i believe it was 18th and i think that house was like 18th and summit so up there on summit um can't quite remember the street uh what street exact what the exact street we were on like chittenden or something like that no no 18th yeah that'd been up up yeah, let me ask you this did you complain to your slumlord often about it uh not really i just moved into our beer pong room so uh the guys were kind of a little po that i took away their beer pong room i'm like boys this is like the fifth time this has happened to me i'm not gonna keep waking up i i bought like 800 fans to like put down there just to like dry the place out oh, yeah I'm like, yeah, I got, I got to move upstairs. So there was that house. And then uh, one of my other good buddies, uh, oddly enough, is a huge Michigan fan. And so he would, uh, he comes downstairs and hang his little Michigan uh, flag in, in my basement at every, every chance that, that he could get. And uh, there might've been some nights where I might not have been the most sober person in the world and have done some uh, nasty things to it, but it was, uh, I mean, those, yep. those are the, you know, college, college houses, man. You just, uh, that's where you make all the memories at. So they were, uh, those were the good times. I was going to say, man, you had, you had, a, you had a big group of fans, a big group of friends that are still huge fans of yours. Right. I mean, you know, we were talking a while, a while ago about, uh, Jake Ballard, but he's one of those guys, right. I mean, it's kind of stood by you through thick and thin, hadn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, uh, him and I go way back. So, uh, Jake was one year older, uh, he's one year older than me. So, he was already in his second year when I first got there. And after my freshman year, he kind of, um, I think he took me under his wing, but like we just kind of merged friend groups. And so um, when he had an opening in his place in the basement that would flood every other day, um, that's where I ended up moving into. And uh, all the guys that we were living with were, you know, his buddies from high school. And so we all just became really good friends and we've all gone to each other's weddings and we've been in each other's weddings. And um, so it's been, uh, you know, those, they're my friends for life now. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Hey, the coolest wedding, the coolest wedding you've attended of all that group, who was it? Was it in Vegas? I mean, where, where, where did y'all end up going? I mean, what, 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 what was the circumstance? Huh? The bachelor party or the or the, or the well, wedding? The bachelor party, yeah, but yeah, that's right. I guess the wedding wouldn't be in Vegas. Maybe it would, but yeah, 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 yeah. You never know. You could live. You, as soon as you're leaving, you, you know, uh, uh, happiness is Sin City in your rearview mirror. That could be a song for you. But uh, but uh, but uh, I'm, always, I'm always I'm always looking for song titles. So any anytime yeah. you want to send over some song titles my way, just uh, yeah, just let me know. Man, oh, I, I think my bachelor party. I always say it was like one of the greatest days of my life. My wedding, the birth, the birth of my children, and my wedding day, my bachelor party. We went down to Charleston for about uh, three or four days, and uh, I absolutely loved it down there. So it was that uh, we had a beach house right across. Uh, from oh, the- oh, wait a minute! I thought you meant Charleston, West Virginia. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> wait a minute, that may that may alienate some of your fans. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say it that way. Oh, I thought you meant Charleston, West Virginia. Oh, you mean Charleston, South Carolina. Now go ahead. There ain't nothing wrong with Charleston, West Virginia. That's no, <laughs> no, no. There's there's some rabid fans down there, brother. I guarantee you got fans in that city. Uh, but what was the coolest thing about that? What, what, what was the coolest thing about that bachelor party? I mean, what do you remember most about it? Oh gosh. Um, honestly, like that you can tell have, us. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, it was like just going from like the pool 
you know, we were just out there drinking all day. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not one to like go out and like party it up like all big. So like, it was kind of nice, just relax, hang out by the pool. And then just, if we wanted to change up the scene, go across the street to the beach and um, hang out to the beach all day. And then we'd go bar hopping uh, at night. So nobody yeah. got arrested. So, I mean, that's the, you know, that's, that's always nice, but uh, yeah, it was just, it was just a good time with a bunch of boys from back home and then all my college dudes. So it was, yeah. uh, it was a good time. I'm not sure that's the basis for a really good country hit, though. I mean, you know, I need to tell you about my about my weekend down in Nashville one time with four of my buddies uh, down in Nashville. But that's where you're trying to get. I mean, what your uh, your band is named North to Nashville, correct? About that, yeah. And I was trying to uh, help you with that. That really, you're you live in Ohio, and so it's really south from here. But I digress. I understand totally where you're going with that. I mean. You know, Michael Brewster's down there now, you know, working for Eddie George at Tennessee yeah. State. I mean, uh, Nashville's a, a, a hopping place. And let's just give people an idea of where you kind of are in your in your climb. Because, you know, like I said, I had a brother who was trying to do this business for a long time, just waiting for that one big break, you know, a, a band to put them in front. You know what I mean? Or, or, or as a, what do you call it, the warm-up act or the, uh, what do you call it, the first band that goes on. But just somebody to give them get them recognized, you know, to where they would get that big, that big break. And, uh, you, and to, to think you can just make that happen is kind of unrealistic, right? I mean, you've just got to keep plowing the road, right? It's like very, very rare. I feel like that that happens uh, unless something goes viral on TikTok or Twitter, or Facebook or Instagram, whatever. Like we haven't had those viral moments yet, but um yeah, we're doing, uh, we're doing, we're doing very well, I think, uh, within the greater Columbus area. Um, I like to think of us as like the number one band in, in town. Um, mm -hmm. It sounds weird coming out of my mouth because I don't really like talking like that. I mean, we're just, I think you mentioned it earlier. I just try to keep my notes to the ground, grindstone and just keep pushing out as much music and, you know, content and just try to put on a good show for people. But um, our audiences, they're getting bigger and bigger every show. Um, we're trying to take over. We've got this mindset. We're trying to take over the state of Ohio. Um, we've got a, a lot of great fans up towards the, the Cle Cleveland area. We're trying to break in more into the Cincinnati Dayton market. We've got folks from out in Weirton and uh, Wheeling and Pittsburgh. Um, so pretty much next is going to be kind of moving towards Indianapolis up towards like Toledo, I guess. Yeah. yeah. We just played a country festival uh, this past Thursday, country concert out in Port Laramie, uh, Old Dominion and uh, Carrie Underwood were some of the bigger names there. And, uh, Sweet. and then we got uh, Blame Our Roots Festival with Nico Moon this Thursday out in Belmont, Ohio. So, yeah, we're just trying to grow this thing as possibly as or as big as we possibly can can get it. And that's what I've always kind of said is I don't, you know, take anything for granted. We're very appreciative of all the opportunities that we've gotten. Uh, it was just uh, early. I think it was, yeah, almost about a month ago, a little over a month ago. We got the opportunity to open up for Eric Church um, at Kemba Live. So, and wow. That was surreal, surreal. I mean, in front of like 5,000 people uh, that we were playing in front of. So those yeah. kinds of things are, uh, you know, what, what keeps us going, I, I should say. So it's been, uh, been a, good, a good journey for us so far. And the people, I mean, uh, how much of y'all stuff is original? How much do you cover? I mean, uh, how much, you know what I mean? What, what, what sort of y'all is a mix there? 
Yeah, so we, I mean, it depends by show. So we do have a record coming out later this year. It'll be all original music. We've got 10 songs coming out. Uh, we do have music out currently on Spotify and iTunes and Pandora, pretty much however uh, you listen to music, you know, we can you can find us. Uh, so we do have uh, 10 original songs that we'll be putting out. Uh, but usually when you come to our shows, like we'll play anywhere from like typically between three and four hours. And so we'll try to do like three, um, it'll be like three covers and then like one original. So yeah, like we'll work in seven, eight, nine originals throughout the length of the entire set. But you know, those kind of shows when we go out to bars at like Buckeye Lake or like Ugly Mug and like Canal and like all these other places, um, you know, people just want to dance and, you know, listen to the music that they're, that they're familiar with. So, you know, we'll, we'll sneak in our originals every now and then um, just to kind of give them a heads up, like, Hey, this is our music that you'll be able to listen to here in the next few months. Uh, we've gotten a lot of great responses back from them. Um, so I think uh, the folks that we've talked to and the people that come out and see us, they're, uh, they're excited to get some North to Nashville original music in their lives. What do you find, Evan, is is the attraction? I mean, because I, mean, I, I would think part of your time is you, you may not even know you're doing it, but you're studying other people. I mean, you're I mean, oh, for sure. I mean, and you, you're wanting to know, OK, how do you who's the guy I'm thinking of? Is it Stapleton? Is it what's his name? Yeah. Yeah. Stapleton, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, <laughs> so. he was he was sort of an unknown, you know, and all of a sudden, dude, he's you know, he's as hot as it gets. Right. Right. I mean. I mean, well, I don't know, like he might have been unknown to a vast majority. Right. Of, That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. But in Nashville, pretty much everybody knew who Chris Stapleton was. Yeah. Like he's one of those guys where you said like he got a, I think he got a, a writing deal like his third or fourth day in Nashville. And then he was writing for like pretty much everybody else in town. So I don't know how common that really like that kind of thing really is. But yeah, he had an incredible writing career. He's written thousands of songs for for people and then one that when that time came for him to kind of turn into a solo artist i mean he just he took off yeah yeah tennessee, tennessee whiskey came out and oh he played with justin timberlake and it was like lights out it was game over so oh yeah that tennessee i love that song smooth as tennessee yeah. whiskey man i mean yeah. uh strawberry uh but uh, i'm sorry i'd start singing but that would, that would ruin the whole <laughs> there you go man because yeah. i was blessed with no singing talent uh, I can't even talk straight. So go, go figure. Yeah, people can sing. It's just a matter of uh, if we're in tune or not. So <laughs> no, it's a matter of if someone's listening or not. Because <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. I sound really good by myself. Uh, yeah. I'm big on uh, Elvis's trilogy, man. I love the American trilogy. Uh, I can sing that all night in the shower. But yeah. uh, but the bottom line, what we get to here though is, you know, have you found is it is it the way you sing that's attractive, or is it the songs you sing? You understand what I'm saying? I mean. Because because yeah. a lot of people do cover stuff, you know, who are never going to make it big. Right now, yeah. you're you're bigger than most people ever get, you know, who pursue this for a living, et cetera. But you know, what do what, what do you think it is about? I guess your voice that that attracts people. I guess I think I think there's a I think there's a good mix of I think my voice is unique. Yeah, I do, I don't think there's a whole lot of people uh, around town that sound like me. Um, I think it's a combination of what the band's doing behind me. I, I think we've got one of the best guitar players in Columbus, Brian Turnbull. I think we've got one of the best bass players in Ryan Tui. And then I think our drummer, Ben Anderson, is one of the best in, you know, the entire town, state, whatever, as well. So I, the guys that, um, that are behind me playing, I, you know, I'd put them up against anybody. So yeah. 
between my between my vocal the the band that we're playing and then the songs that we're playing to your point you know I think people can come to our shows and expect us to play songs that they won't hear anywhere else. I was in Nashville for six years and it's like you go from one bar and you'll hear um, Turn the Page or a Johnny Cash song or whatever, Wagon Wheel um, or Freebird, you know, one of those that people always shout at you. So you'll go from, you know, one bar and you'll hear Wagon Wheel and then you'll go to the next bar and you'll hear Wagon Wheel like, two songs later, then you'll go to another bar and then there'll be wagon wheel. It's just like, they're just recycling the same songs over and over again. And when I was coming back up to Columbus, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to take that approach. You know, let's start playing some music that, you know, people aren't going to, one, they may be more difficult songs that you can sing. We do a lot of Chris Stapleton stuff. Parachute's one of the hardest songs that, uh, that I sing personally, and we try to do it in the same key as him. And, you know, if you're playing a four hour show and that, show, that song comes up at like the three and a half hour mark, it's, you know, you're struggling to get past it. So, and I don't know if, I unfortunately don't get to go see many other bands play, but I don't know if any other bands would be playing, you know, that song necessarily. So when you come to a North to Nashville show, that's the kind of stuff that we want to give those people or songs that, um, that they may not hear anywhere else. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I, I certainly believe that the band that we we have, the songs that we're playing, songs that we're writing, um, I don't want them necessarily sounding like anything else that they've ever heard. You know, there's there is a um, certain sound that radio puts out, right? Country radio puts out that they kind of maybe all sound the same. Um, yeah. So taking that, it's taking that sound and reworking it to something that is original in your eyes and my eyes at least um so you know uh, yeah we'll see what happens like i said when the record comes out but when people come to shows just they're gonna get a big booming voice me screaming and sweating into the microphone for three or four hours and uh it'll be a, it'll be a dance party for sure dude do you get like uh you know scarves or something put around your neck and throw them out to the throw them out to the to the fans i mean do you, do you have any kind of like signature <laughs> thing you do i i try i try Throwing if, peanuts, I mean something. If I had a well, I we I throw guitar picks, so we got oh, okay. <laughs> so that, that's that's what I start whipping at people is uh, guitar picks towards the end of the night. I have a little bit of the natural stuff, but I can't be wearing scarves on, up on stage, man. I, I I sweat too much, so yeah. Well, so did Elvis, man. But that's that's what they, that's what the ladies seem to like, you know. <laughs> Elvis, he had those he had those long yeah the oh, long yeah. pants long shirts. I I don't understand how he. Oh, he, he was doing that, but yeah. Hey, tell me something though. You were in Nashville, like you said. I mean, you 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 struck out to Nashville, meaning not gonna mean you struck out in Nashville. You struck out to Nashville to, to make it right, to make it big. And yeah. I, would explain those years there. How frustrating was it? I mean, it, and yeah. how enlightening was it? You know, all at the same time. So the first like two years living in Nashville was like a. Um, it was like a, a learning experience, learning the ins and outs of the music industry and like what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing, what you should be writing, who you should be writing with, um, like how many times you should be writing. So it's like, I was just trying to get a sense of how the music industry worked. I still don't really have a, a good grasp of yeah. everything, but I at least know enough to be dangerous right now. Um, so the first two years, yeah, I, I wasn't putting too much pressure on myself. Uh, 
the last three or four years, I was like, hey, man, we got to maybe make something move. And I joined up with a band out of Buffalo and that didn't end up going anywhere. And um, that was like fairly disappointing. I, I don't I don't know. It was just a, a weird time for me down there. I didn't really have anything cooking. I was writing. Uh, I made friends with a lot of great writers who I still kind of keep in touch with today. And we'll still like text ideas uh, to each other back and forth and we'll send lyrics or we'll even hop on Zooms and uh, we'll write some stuff. So um, I'm, yeah, I'm thankful for that side of things. But yeah, it just got to the point where it kind of stalled out on me. I was, um, I wasn't playing too many shows. I was doing more of the writers round things. I was focusing more on like the writer stuff. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah. When that, when that kind of died out, uh, my wife, she, uh, she was offered the opportunity to, uh, at a job up here at Abbott. And, you know, she moved down there for me back in 2012. And so it was like, we made the move back up here for her. And I always said, like, you're a small fish in a huge pond down there in Nashville. Everyone's trying to do the same thing. Um, I don't I don't look at it as a mistake necessarily because of what I learned, like I said, in those first couple of years. Correct. I mean, that's that's where I learned to be a songwriter. I mean, that's like that's where I learned how to put together chords and music and ideas down on pen and paper and then translate them into the guitar and like different melodies and what works so like that's I learned all that stuff down there so I always told her like hey if, if the time comes or if an offer comes and that we have to you know kind of get out of town um I can still do this up in Columbus like there's yeah. there's a lot of people that are that are making music look at the Texas music scene like I did an interview not too long ago with somebody and it was like it, it'd be cool to like kind of create this like Ohio music scene yeah kind of um, cause like the Texas country, like music industry, had, that's its own little thing down there. Like, like, you know, yeah. um, so there, there's been so many like Texas dudes that just play around the state of Texas. And, uh, I'm not saying I, I only want to focus on the state of Ohio because I think we're good enough to expand our music to, you know, the entire country. But, um, yeah, like I said, I, that's kind of where I learned everything. And I, I just want to kind of lost my train of thought where I was going but no, I, was, I mean bottom line is there there is no train there is no train track that leads you exactly where you want to go I don't mean to pick up on train of thought there but that you know there is no I mean it is like there are sightings you know and all kinds of things that can take you off your beam or suddenly take you into like uh you know being discovered you know it's like like, like you say you were you were a 10-year overnight overnight discovery go ahead <laughs> that's where I was that's where I was going with it so like yeah being a the uh, small fish in a big pond up here well you know coming back up to Ohio and knowing the voice that I have and my writing capabilities now I'm like you can kind of be the big fish in a sp small pond and really uh you know hone yeah. in on your audience and get your core audience from the market that you live in and where people are going to come see uh whether you're playing up in Westerville or out of Buckeye Lake or in Marysville so like we've got people from all over uh, all over central Ohio, all over Ohio. Uh, I've got, you know, people from Wheeling that are coming out, seeing us play up in like Dublin. So it's just like that, you know, when you see those people out there, it's just like, okay, it's, this is, this is pretty cool. The, the range that these people are driving to, to come see you. So, uh, yeah, if we can, if we can build up a big enough audience here, um, it's, it's funny when, so we opened up for Luke, Luke Combs in 2019 and, um, 
I remember him saying something like when he first came out, um, he loves playing in the state of Ohio. Country music fans are amazing in the state of Ohio. So Ohio was always one of his favorite states to come in and play. And I absolutely agree with that. I think people in Ohio love country music. And I think North to Nashville is giving them music that, you know, they don't have to drive to Nashville to hear. Yeah. You know, Evan, the thing that's always puzzled me uh, because I have no singing voice, just ask my wife or anyone else who's heard me, but I had brothers <laughs> that could sing extremely well. I have one brother, my one lone remaining brother who thinks he can sing. He thinks he sounds like Elvis, but who doesn't, right? <laughs> but my point is Tony, he'll get a kick out of that. But uh, he actually watches these podcasts. But I want to ask you, when did you, when did you find your voice? And you know where I'm going with this, because a lot of people try to imitate people, like I said about Elvis or whomever, yeah. Freddie Mercury, et cetera. Uh, my favorite front man ever. Uh, although I may, I may count you up in there. We'll see. But, yeah, uh, but the bottom line is there, a lot of people end up trying to, you know, they kind of fake a voice yeah. instead of it being their voice. And when did you find, I guess, your voice as a singing voice that, that you find that you think is unique? Explain that process. Yeah. I'm actually glad you brought that up. Um, so as I, as I was saying, like Garth, Brooks, I think, actually came out and said that he would listen to other people's songs and get ideas from other people's songs. So I kind of think of it the same way when like, I'm going to answer this question because I hear like some stuff that Chris Ableton does and I hear some stuff that like Lee Rice does. Or even like, like I was earlier when I was listening to like my mom would listen to like Brooks and Dunn and all that stuff and pick up on different. John Michael Montgomery is another guy that she absolutely yeah. loved. So um, like listening to those guys, um, I can kind of hear some vocal riffs that um, I'm like, okay, that might've been something that like one of those guys did in the past and I'm subconsciously now doing it. Yeah. Um, but uh, when you said like some guys may be faking like an accent or something like that. Uh, so back in 2000 and I believe it was 14. Yeah, it was one of my first few years, uh, first couple of years in Nashville. I went out and tried out for The Voice. So I uh, drove over to St. Louis and did the whole like through the whole process and I end up getting I end up getting in front of the judges. I need a chair turned around. So that's another uh obstacle in this blanket journey here. But um I didn't get a chair turned around. But when you're at the voice they give you a vocal coach. And um, mine was one Jelani Rose. And I remember singing a song and um she was like, Can you just me for a second? And she was asking me like random questions and I was like talk to her just like I'm talking with you and she's like you don't really have an accent when you when you talk so like where's the accent coming from when you sing and I'm like I don't really know I think I'm just singing how the guy is singing it in the song and she's like, you gotta make it your own you gotta sing like you know how you want to sing how like what your voice is like before and that kind of like blew away a little bit or I was like okay maybe I don't need to you know, impersonate every single line, every single word that some of these other guys are singing. So whenever I would, like write my own song or whatever, yeah, it's like it's me that's, that's singing the stuff. It's not I'm trying to pick up on. I'm trying to do how everybody else is doing it. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's like what I when we uh, when we play some of these songs or cover songs for uh, for shows. Um, I listen to other vocal coaches on, on YouTube. And that's one of the main things that they say is to make it your own. So, you know, you want to sing within the boundaries of the song itself, but, you know, throw in some of your own little, you know, riffs that, that, you yeah. know, you're good at. 
that's that's kind of what I do. So um, yeah, it was probably like around that those early Nashville years. Like I said, I, I learned a lot in there, and that was a big lesson for me. Is um, you know, don't try to sing it like anybody else. Sing it how you know how you sing, how you want to sing it. Yeah, I was gonna say, I caught the 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 Star Spangled Banner. You know, everybody. You know, you, you like people that just step up there and sing it. I mean, with right. a little bit of their real voice, but don't take me over, you know, like Carl Lewis tried to do. And, I, you know, countless others don't try to take me on a journey, you know, yeah. of, of how you can like uh, uh, basically uh, screw up, you know, the Star Spangled Banner. Sing it with your voice, you know, because your voice usually will stand, you know what I mean, Ooh. on its own without yeah. the without the. The jazzification theatrics. If, if you if you got it, like flaunt it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so just, uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Personality, I guess, is like what I, what I'm trying to say. Like, show what the you know, the the uniqueness. Everybody's got their own voice. Everyone you know has their own unique characteristics in their voice. So show yeah. that out. I'm a, I'm more of like a baritone. So like I can kind of hit. Like I, I'm talking to you now. So I've got kind of like a lower voice, but um, I can still kind of hit higher notes upper up in my register. And I try to expose that whenever, whenever I go out there and sing. Yeah. Not a lot of people can do that. Yeah. One of my favorite guys right now is a guy named Jonathan Antoine. He's a tenor out of England. And yeah. uh, he, he, he was on like the, you know, whatever it was uh, something talent, England's got talent or whatever it is over there. But uh, yeah. you know, with Simon Callum, all those guys, but, but I friended him on Twitter and it's clear that this guy had a naturally great voice He's up there in, you know, sweatpants. He's a big fat guy at that point up there, sweatpants. His hair hadn't, didn't look like his hair had been done for six weeks, whatever. Yeah. But man, when he opened his mouth, oh my goodness. And my wife and I actually went to see him in, in Toronto a couple of years ago before, you know, Canada got closed everybody because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, but it was funny because he remember, he knows me, you know, from following him on Twitter and boosting him. But my point is he just sings his voice. He doesn't try to do Pavarotti, you know? Yeah. He tries to do, and I, I've always been intrigued by that, you know, finding your own voice, because usually your own voice is unique, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's what separates you from the other guy, right? Well, that's, that's exactly it. And like, like what I said earlier um, about when you'll go bar hopping to, you know, different spots in Nashville, and you'll kind of hear the same song over and over and over again. Well, it's almost like, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to knock anybody down Nashville, but kind of everybody sounds the same yeah. down there. It's like. Everybody wants to have a Southern draw and they want to sing the songs uh, in the same way. And that's just, that's just not for me. I don't, I don't care if I mess up a song or I don't care if we don't play it the same way. I want to play it how I want to play it, how, you know, I want to put my different, I want to put my spin on it. Right. Yeah. So um, I think our crowds have uh, been appreciative of that, not, not doing the same thing that they hear every other time they may hear the song. So. Can I ask you one last thing about the music business? I'll get out of here. Uh, and I want to ask you a couple of things about Ohio State football again, just for the fun of it. Uh, see if you're paying attention. But uh, when you guys do cover, when you're a cover band and you do you cover songs, do you have to pay for that? Uh, when you do cover songs, no. I think that's um, there's like an artistic license that kind of frees you from doing Is that uh, right? cover songs. Yeah. So like if I wanted to go out and record Purple Rain and put it on a record, like I don't believe that I would have to like pay anybody for that. Uh, now there is a thing that you can do with BMI and ASCAP and all these songwriting companies is um, anytime you kind of go out and play, um, you can kind of upload a set list and um, 
the songwriters that wrote those songs will get paid like every time you go out and play that. So yeah. usually what I'll do, yeah, is I'll like upload a set list and um, like I've got songs on there that I've written that I'm a part of like BMI. And so I will get paid my 10 cents every time I, I play that song. So uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, you get guys like Luke Combs and some of these other like huge songwriters and you've got however many millions of people around the country singing your stuff. I mean, it starts adding up, adding up a little bit. But uh, so there, there is a way that those guys can get paid, but there's some, yeah, I think there's some like artistic licensing that kind of frees you from having to pay doing any kind of covers and all that. At 10 cents. I, 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 as soon as you said that, it reminded me of that Seinfeld episode where uh, Jerry Seinfeld's comedy or something was being rehashed over in Japan. And he got these, uh, he's got these uh, checks. What do you call those checks? Uh, residual checks or whatever. Mm. And it would be like for 48 cents or something. And he had to sign them all. And he got a so hand cramp. Huh? So you get paid every three months, like every quarter, you'll get paid from like two quarters ago. Yeah. Um, it's, it's something like that. And uh, my last, like uh, my, my last commission check or revenue check, however you, whatever you want to call it, was the first time I ever hit 20 bucks. <laughs> on it so uh we're, we're moving on up in the world baby so but, but dude <clears throat> seriously that's that's a compliment man i mean I, I mean like you said you know it's as long as it keeps moving up incrementally but but that means somebody's using your stuff somebody's playing your stuff right i mean that's a yeah. compliment isn't it absolutely well it's funny so it goes directly into our bank account and for the yeah. last however many years like every every three months you get 47 cents a dollar 20 dollar 79 cents and it's yeah. just like it's it's been kind of cool to see it kind of growing and growing to where the, we're like okay now we're over 20 dollars. let's see if we can get it to 50 bucks let's see if we can get it to 100 let's see if we can get it to a thousand so like uh yeah i mean we'll, we'll see if, if one song takes takes off then uh we may be we may be shooting for the the stars here but we'll see hey real quick before you go uh do, do you promote ohio state football when I mean, you know when when you're out on some of your shows i mean do you i would think some of your following is is based on the fact that you were an Ohio State football player and you, you know, you've got a cadre of those guys that follow you, obviously. I don't mean necessarily like yeah. the Hickory basketball team, but they follow, you know, and, uh, uh, but, and, and how, I guess how proud are you of, you know, like right now, I mean, Ohio State's considered one of the premier, maybe top two or three schools football wise in the country at this moment and stuff. But I don't, you know, just kind of give me that feel of like the roots there that you kind of draw from there. But, your pride yeah, so every, of being a former Buckeye, you know, yeah, well, you're not a former Buckeye, you're a former Buckeye player. Go ahead. Yeah. So every, uh, every show, we have a song called not bad for a night's work. And it was uh, one of the first songs I worked on when I moved to Nashville. So that was like the first song that I even got experience in like singing in a, in a recording booth, like going into the studio and seeing how guys yeah. like actually make a song and how to edit a song. So it's called not not bad for a night's work and uh when we go out and play it there's usually a part there's like a drum beat that'll start the song and i'll talk over the drum beat and i'll tell my my little story i've got a little two minute spiel about how from 2007 to 2011 i was a part of uh you know the ohio state football team going to one of the greatest you know universities in the world and um you know i'll do my whole oh io kind of thing to the crowds and you know they they eat that stuff up yeah uh, but that's where, I mean, that's where I tell them my story. Like, yeah, I was playing football from 2007 uh, to 2011. Then when my playing days were done, I moved down to Nashville. And this was the very first song that um, I had the privilege of working on 
uh, down in Nashville and then we go right into it. So that's, I, I always love tying that story into, into that song because that's really where it started. Um, and so, you know, after shows, people come up and then that's when they start asking you, like, oh, what position did you play? And like, oh, were you a linebacker? And I'm like, oh, boy, I wish I was a linebacker back, <laughs> back then. But uh, yeah, no, I was like 40, 50 pounds heavier back then. So yeah. up into blind, baby. Yeah, but no, it's it's awesome. I, um, I mentioned earlier, we got to open up for Eric Church uh, back in back in June. And that was the first time I got to see or got to meet Ryan Day. And uh, just talk, so I got to talk to him for about 20 or 30 minutes. And, um, you know, I thanked him for everything that he's done for the university, the football program, the school. Uh, so yeah, I'm super proud to, you know, be a, a former Buckeye and to be an alumni of, you know, Ohio State. So I'm, I'm very, uh, you know, I, I just, I wrote a song not too long ago um, called Damn Yankees. It'll probably be on the, uh, our second record that we come out with. But, uh, you know, you have all these Southern folks that they always talk about, um, you know, their pride and like being from the South and being from like Georgia and Alabama and all that stuff. Well, I mean, we got that same stuff up here, too. Like, yeah. I'm just as proud to come from Ohio State as you are to come from Georgia or Alabama. So, yeah. it's, you know, I understand country music kind of like started in, in the South. By I'm not trying to knock anything of that, but like we got that stuff up here, too. So, like, I'm, I'm just as proud to be a Buckeye as all those guys are be from a Florida Gator or, a, you know, a Georgia Bulldog. So, yeah, I was going to say when Alabama wanted to get it, get, did got serious about football, they hired a guy from Cleveland to be, you know, to run yeah. things. I mean, you know, so it's like, that's, you're exactly right. Hey man, now people are going to be mad at me if I don't ask you this. Can you give me one verse of either one of those songs? Just get just one verse. Which one? Which one do you want? Uh, give me the one you were talking about when you got that, you know, either one, I think the damn Yankees one sounds like, Yankees. sounds more like football thing. You want, uh, is it going to be too much dead air if I run and go grab my guitar? Uh, no, we can just, we'll just, uh, right now I'm telling my producer to pause it right here. Yeah, let me, uh, let me, let me go grab it real quick. All right. Hey, uh, Evan, I appreciate you running over, running out to get your guitar there, man. Give us a, give us maybe that second verse of Damn Yankees, which is going to be coming out on uh, maybe your second. Well, yeah, I think you said your second, second album, Mike. I think, I think we got the first one all, all set and done right now. But uh, so I think this may be, uh, this may be coming up on the second one. And this has a football kind of motif to it, right? As you explained. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Well, like I said, I just felt like I would run on the treadmill and I would hear all these guys talk about, you know, being from the South and South this and South that. And I'm like, oh, nobody's got a song about being from up North that I know of. So yeah, second verse kind of goes like this. Um, your football teams do better, but I love to see them play in the winter. When the snow comes down, a high 20 on the ground, you ain't throwing that ball far now. Our boots are just as dirty and our trucks are just as high. What makes you think we can't compete up? Pass a Mason Dicks online. Oh. So. That's good. Yeah, I just thought of Zeke Elliott going like uh, 85 on Alabama right there, you know, in 2014. Didn't you? Yeah, there. I mean, that's that's exactly what I think of. But uh, yeah, our, our, I kind of 
maybe mess up a little of the chorus of there, but um, our sweet tea mate's funny, and we damn sure don't roll tide, but we still talk to Jesus just like you do every night. Our belts are made of rust, and our skies are colored gray. Our shine comes clear, it's made right here in almost heaven, USA. From Detroit down to Indy, Pittsburgh to Cincy, we're proud, we're proud to be a bunch of damn Yankees, damn Yankees. Damn, I hope none of my, none of my kinfolk down in Alabama hear that song. <laughs> I was just down there, we finally put my mom and dad's ashes in the ground uh, a couple of weeks ago in Tuscaloosa and stuff but uh yeah no that's good stuff they do think they invented football man i'm not i am not kidding you and i, I went to alabama home games when i was a kid uh back when back in the early 60s uh at 61 to 64 with my dad and older brother but uh yeah it's it's it it the the pride's what drives these things man i just wanted to ask you about you know you, you've been around you've been around the country but especially regionally uh uh is college football in for a world of hurt the more it keeps expanding these conferences? What, what's your take? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think so. It's just, is the Big Ten even really the Big Ten anymore? It's like, it's going to be like the Big 25 here pretty soon. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's just, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I understand why the schools are doing. It. I understand why the universities and everybody wants to kind of like partner together and like do all these like major TV deals and all this right. stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, Ohio State games are still going to be like the passion, everything, the tradition, everything is still going to be there. I think once you start taking away the traditions, um, like the Ohio State Michigan game will never go away. I don't, I don't believe so. Yeah. So, uh, it's just like, but once, once you start removing that tradition, I think that's when college football will really start crumbling. I don't foresee, you know, ratings plummeting because Oregon is going to be in the big 10 now. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, or, or USC, like maybe Ohio state has to play USC at 10 30 at night here on the East coast. Uh, it's just like, that's just something that we may have to deal with, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It is, it's definitely a weird landscape. Like there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like it's just a weird time to be in college football. I think it'll all work, you know, work itself out in the end, but um, we're just kind of maybe going through some uncertainties and some like maybe growing pains uh, right now. But I, I think, like you said, the, the passion for college football will always be there. So if we can start renewing some of these like major rivalries that we had, like you know, the, the Pitt and Penn States of the world, uh, you know, if we can maybe bring some of those back, I think that might reignite. Help. Yeah, it would certainly help some of the stuff. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. I don't know. Well, I was going to say, see, your song a second ago, though, it touched on it. I mean, college football is about pride. I mean, it's about pride and where you either where you're living, you know, because there are a lot of nouveau Ohio, uh, Alabama fans. You know what I mean? I mean, a lot of nouveau Alabama, they don't remember back in the uh, – Back in that time between Gene Stallings and Nick Saban, the big, they the big swan swan swoon. Yeah. I mean, it's all about regional pride, about bragging about where you're from and and your team, right? I mean, that's what kind of like makes it different. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody's got their own. Like, I mean, even it's kind of cool seeing now, like even in the state of Ohio, with with what Coach Fickle's doing down in Cincinnati. Yeah. And, uh, 
so he's turning that like program around down there. They're still kind of like, now there's like an in-state like kind of rivalry thing here going on. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, we'll see, we'll see where things happen with, with that, but yeah, everybody loves their, their schools, their regions. That's not going to ever change. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. But dude, I mean, Cincinnati's joint is going to be in the big 12, you know, <laughs> and, uh, uh, West Virginia's in the Big 12. I mean, it's just crazy, whatever. Hey, last thing, uh, give people an idea where you're going to be the next couple of weeks. Maybe some people can run into you uh, uh, who maybe haven't seen your act before or your your group before. Yeah, so this this weekend uh, we're playing out in Belmont, Ohio for the Blame My Roots Festival. Um, we're there with uh, Walker Montgomery uh, and Nico Moon. Uh, so I think we play at 6 o'clock. They're on Thursday, Friday, we are playing in Powell. Um, I think that, I think they call the festival like the dog days of summer. Um, so we're playing uh, in Powell on Friday night. And oh gosh, I'll have to look at my schedule. It's so bad. Like we're so booked out. I have yeah. to, like, I have to take it just like week by week because if I start looking ahead too much, I start getting uh, like my anxiety starts kind of uh, freaking out a little bit. Here's um, you a song. Here's you a song title. I woke up this morning, my head was in the wrong city. <laughs> Go ahead now. No, so we got, uh, yeah, we're actually on a little bit of a break uh, towards the end of July. We picked things up back in August, August 4th. We're in Reynoldsburg. Uh, I believe that's the Reynoldsburg Tomato Festival. Sweet. Uh, we're doing a Friday night uh, uptowns in uh, West Jeff, uh, Ohio. That's August 5th. And then um, Hartford County Fair, August 9th. So that's a, that's a random Tuesday. And then we're at uh, Country Jam out in Lazy Acres. Um, I believe that's Nashport, Ohio. Yeah. Uh, Friday, Friday, August 12th. So we've got we've got all of our dates on, uh, I, I should say the majority of our dates are up on Facebook. I believe we have all of our dates on our website, northtonashville.com. But yeah, man, if any, any of the listeners want to check out North to Nashville, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes. Uh, our website, like I said, northtonashville.com. Um, so pretty much any other social media site there is, we're, we're out there. So that's yeah, uh, I got you. all of our dates and music. Here's another song idea for you. It's just smooth as Vinton County moonshine. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's Ohio roots, you know, something, something like got, that, brother. Uh, we're, uh, we're, we've become uh, pretty good friends with some Vinton County boys. That uh, I'll bet you have. <laughs> I'll bet you. I guarantee you. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, uh, there's, now, there's a, there's like ten songs you can write about Benton County, but yeah. I'm not sure how many how many of them you want to put on your your uh, your album. <laughs> but uh, it'd be it, fun. Man. Hey, Evan Blankenship, man, I appreciate you, my man. Appreciate yeah, you joining the Tim Make podcast. Absolutely, thank you so much for having me. But this is uh, this is fun. I'm glad we're right. Got it, man. And folks, until next week, this is Tim May for Evan Blankenship. We will see you then. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.